The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hey, DJs, it is Monday, October 2nd. We have our NFL Week 4 touchdown, a Monday night football game to bet on, and playoffs are set for Major League Baseball, so we'll look at the futures there. I'm Mad Max. Join me, the one and only Sex Panther. Panther, happy Monday. Happy Monday, happy October. Mother Nature did not get the memo. It is, to me, October is the official beginning of fall. We got basketball coming, we got hockey coming. Now we're knee-deep into college football and pro football, and we're going to be in the 80s, touching 85 at some point this week. I'm not complaining, but it doesn't feel like very fall weather out here. My, my air conditioning kicked on yesterday. You know, I have like a central air, and it's set to a specific temperature that once it kicks in, it turns on. I have not turned on the heat yet because it hasn't been that cold yet to turn on the heat. But yeah, yesterday my wife comes up, she's like, the air conditioning's on. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Happy October indeed. Okay. We got our touchdown here. I'll start off with point number one. We'll, you know the song, Werewolves of London. Well, we got the Jaguars of London. Sunday slate kicked off with the Jaguars blowout of the Falcons. Trevor Joey Johnny Lawrence wasn't spectacular, but he didn't really need to be because the Jags defense took care of Desmond Ritter. Ritter was sacked four times, picked off twice. Bijan Robinson got his on the ground, but tight end Kyle Pitts continues to be the bane of fantasy owners' existence. Just completely ass out there on the field. Jags needed that win, especially because Houston and Tennessee both won. Now, Indianapolis lost a close one in overtime. They came from 24, 23 points uh, down from the Rams. Trust me, I know. So you're looking at two and two Jacksonville, two and two Indianapolis, two and two Houston, and two and two Tennessee. All of a sudden, the AFC South is pretty competitive. What do you take of all this, Panther? Uh, AFC South real or a mirage? It's a real mirage. I mean, it's going to be really competitive because nobody's very good. We thought Jacksonville was going to be class of the, of the division, but as I mean, I'm not drinking. I don't drink. I'm driving, and I don't drink. You know when I do my podcast, but you're going to accuse me of drinking. But Houston, I think Houston has the the highest upside here. No, no, no. I totally agree. No, totally agree. C.J. Stroud is his fourth 300 yard game. 
I'm not sure, but I don't think he's thrown an interception yet this year. He's finding playmakers out of receivers that nobody even knows their fucking names. And the defense has stepped up. In this division where we're supposed to like Jacksonville, God damn it, if I don't like the Houston Texans. Oh, no, I love the Houston Texans. In fact, this brings us to point number two. Speaking of Houston and Tennessee, both those teams, as I mentioned, they won in blowout fashion. You, you mentioned it. C.J. Stroud once again shined. Texans dominated the Steelers, absolutely dominated the Steelers. The Titans stomped on the Bengals. Now, listen, something looks off about Cincinnati. Something just looks off with Cincinnati. Uh, the Steelers, they're just an inconsistent team out there. And oh, by the way, they lost their quarterback. I don't know if you saw that. Kenny Pickett got injured, so we got a Mitch Trubisky sighting yesterday. But man, uh, the NFC Tour North did not fare well against the AFC South this week. Joe Burrow threw for 165 yards. You know what he looks like out there, Panther? He looks like a lesser version of Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> That's what he looks like right now. Uh, listen, Stroud, that was his day. He, he shined, uh, the, the Titans, they played a really good game, but I can't, I can't not think about something's wrong with Cincinnati Panther and I don't know what it is. I mean, maybe it's because Joe Burrow's just, you know, wallowing in his hundred dollar bills that make up his king size mattress. A lot of times we see this when players get their huge contracts, that there's a little bit of a. I don't want to say let down, but just kind of take things for granted a little bit. I think the Bengals, I want to say it's time to panic, but it's kind of time to panic. This, fortunately for them, the Browns lost. I mean, they had to because the Ravens won. Um, but the Browns lost, and let's see, the Steelers got whacked. So they're not dead in the water. But, man, it's it's not the losses. It's the way they're losing that is got to be cause for concern here. So I'm with you. Something's not right, and that something not right is starting with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, we know in you know, preseason, kind of had the calf injury. We thought he looked fine in that victory last week. I didn't watch the game, but I'm going to assume he looked fine. But I can look at fantasy points. I can look at stats. I can look and say, hey, Joe Burrow's not right. And I don't think it's because he's getting beat up by his off, you know, his offensive line is getting him murdered. But whatever is going on in Cincinnati, what's going on with that offense, they better fix it this week because one in four, I might just have to bury my Bengals. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, and in a dominant win, we still haven't seen the best version of the Ravens out there. Like we 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 honestly still have not seen the best version of the Ravens. Uh, they 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 took advantage of a uh, Deshaun Watson less Browns team yesterday, right? I mean, um, there there was uh, uh, it was a sh- I don't think it was so significant, but it was a shoulder or something like that. Is do you do you remember why uh, he he missed the game? I think it might have been I like didn't. a shoulder. Shoulder yeah, I think injury. it might have been a shoulder. I didn't. Yeah, see but why. but uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson played the game for fucking uh, Cleveland. I mean, he 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 threw for 121 yards, three interceptions. Um, yeah, listen, I mean, it, you know, Lamar had a good game. Lamar Jackson had a good game. He didn't have a dominant great game. Um, those of you who had Mark Andrews or went against Mark Andrews in fantasy, uh, fuck you. Uh, he had a, he had a great game for, but I mean, the Baltimore had a ho hum whatever game they won twenty eight to three. So we haven't seen the best version of the Ravens. We still haven't seen the best version of the Ravens, and we've 
we, we, I, I'm hoping this is the worst version of the Bengals. <laughs> I'm hoping that this is the worst oh. version of the Bengals because if they get any worse than this, it's it's, it's awful. <laughs> oh man! All right, moving on. Let's talk about point number three. We're going to do a little uh, check on the winless teams. Of course, there was four winless teams yesterday. Funny enough is they were bunched together. So two of those winless teams, well, I mean, there could have been ties because there are ties in the NFL, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget about that. But two of those winless teams more than likely were going to win, and two of those winless teams did win. Okay, it was first off, it was the Vikings who secured their first win of the season. They beat the Panthers 21-13. That drops Carolina down to 0-4 in the year. But the bright spot, I really, is Bryce Young outplayed Kirk Cousins. You know, you know, Man, Bryce Young actually looked better than Kirk Cousins out there. But the Vikings just had too many weapons, and uh, that that's going to be a problem for uh, Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers. When Chuba Hubbard is your star kind of player on your team, you're kind of fucked. Um, other winless team, the Bears. They led the Broncos almost that entire game. The Bears had a fourth and one within field goal range. And they went for it. And they missed. Now, after that, the Broncos drove down the field. They kicked the field goal. 31-28, your final score for their first win of the season. The bright spot, though, for the Bears, I talked about the bright spot for the Panthers. The bright spot for the Bears is Justin Fields' best NFL game ever. 335 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. Now, I don't know if you saw the drama about this. uh, Chase Claypool was uh, told not to show up. <laughs> he was critical of the team. They said, you know what? Just don't show up. And here you go. Chase Claypool not out there. Justin Fields has the best game of his Now, is this just because he was playing the Denver Broncos, or is Justin Fields turning a corner here? Um, No, I don't think it has anything to do with playing the Denver Broncos. I think Justin – listen, it was a tale – of two halves. It was a tale of two Justin Fields. I mean, the first half, he couldn't do anything wrong. I mean, at one point, he had a, a perfect passer rating. He was, what, 12 of 12 for 150 yards and three touchdowns. The guy was literally perfect. Not virtually, literally perfect. But the second half, you know, they went for it on that fourth and down. Fourth down, that didn't work out. Uh, he fumbled. That got ran back for a touchdown. He threw that interception. So everything that he that went right in the first half didn't go right in the second half. And Denver just kind of kept chugging along. Chicago literally snatched defeat out of the jaws of victory. I think they're going to be really disappointed. But it does kind of start raising the question again. Like, Going into this game, I was burying Justin Fields. He's not the guy. He can't read defenses. He can't do this. And then, boy, and hold, he says, Sex Panther, shut the fuck up. So now the questions are, do they have their guy? Do they not have their guy? I don't know if they're ever going to know. But, man, this kid, when he's on, he's fun to watch. But the mistakes and the lack of weapons at his, at his disposal um, just really leave questions. Denver's in trouble. This is a game they had to have. They did get it, but they didn't deserve it. I don't know how many more victories Denver's going to get. I actually think Chicago will still find a couple more victories in their schedule. Yeah, here's the thing about Justin Fields. I mean, this this was his best NFL start ever, and Tua sneezes out performances like this. You know, like, I, 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 I'm seriously, like, 
this dude struggles to get to 200 yards passing a game and you get the 335 he basically had like two games worth of fucking passing in in this one fucking half mostly mostly in a fucking half pretty much right so i'm not ready to say hey he's turning a corner this denver defense did give up 70 fucking points last week right well yeah not 70 total because there was some anyway but you know what i'm saying like this denver defense not very good so to give up 28 and all those, no, I'm, I'm, no, I'm not, they're not. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not ready to anoint Justin Fields as the future of the NFL here. As for Denver, man, listen, uh, they, I, I don't take anything good away from this game either. You had to come, come from behind to beat the fucking shitty ass bears. The word like DJ and going to be fun this week. That's all I'm saying. I'm just, I'm pause. I'm going to put a pause in this one. We're going to talk about DJ and on Wednesday. It's going to be fun. All right. Point number four, Mac isn't going anywhere, but maybe he should be. Mac Jones and the Patriots got embarrassed by the Cowboys last night, losing 38-3. to It was enough, listen, it was enough of a beatdown that you just, you, you sit there and it's like, oh, maybe Dallas is good. <laughs> you know, maybe Dallas is pretty good. Um, you, you know how they do that? They oscillate, you know, they, they fool you into thinking that they're a good team. Well, this is this is one of those games where you, you got fooled into thinking that Dallas is a good team. Mac Jones got benched last night in the third quarter. Now, you could argue it was to protect him in a blowout situation, but it was clear that his performance dictated that benching. Now, here's a stat line for you, Panther. You ready for this stat line? Okay, Let's do it. here you go. 28 for 39, 245 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. That's not bad, right? Not bad. That's, that's pretty good, right? Well, that was Zach fucking Wilson, okay? That was Zach Wilson right there. <laughs> Mac Jones, 12 of 21, 150 yards, two interceptions, zero touchdowns. That That's Mac Jones for you. Zach Wilson out-fucking-played Mac Jones last night, and we're talking about benching Zach Wilson. Is it time? Is this it? Is it time that the Patriots have to walk away from Mac Jones? I think there's a lot of things wrong with the Patriots, and this is going to raise some eyebrows, but I think they got to start maybe looking at the very top. I bet Belichick... I'm I, I'm going to say it right now. Belichick was the beneficiary of Tom Brady because Tom Brady has been gone long enough that Belichick can put his footprint on this team with his coaches and his coordinators and his quarterback and his offense and whatever he wants to do. And they've just been mediocre at best since Tom Brady is gone. I don't know what quarterback – I mean, put Patrick Mahomes on that team. I'm not sure. It's a playoff team. They don't have any wide receivers. They don't have a tight end. Their running game's putrid. Their defense is okay, but I'm not sold on this Patriots team. I think they might even be worse than the Jets. Um, we give them a pass because of Belichick's history, but I think it might be just time to implode this whole thing and start over. Yeah, I totally agree. I Listen, uh... I think pride is going to fuck this team over. You know, I think uh, Belichick is going to keep trotting out a quarterback that's just not ready to be in the NFL. I, I'm not saying that Mac Jones can't be an NFL quarterback. He's just not ready. Some of these guys get ready fast, right? Some of these guys, they hit the ground running. Like CJ Stroud has just been like, I will fucking take this up. And there might be some drop off from CJ Stroud. Don't, you know, it could happen. But you got to remember, like, some of the best quarterbacks of all time took a while to kind of ease their way into the league. You know, it's not like it was instant fucking, like, they they clicked and got up to the speed. We're a couple seasons into Mac Jones, and, I mean, he probably could have benefited from sitting from behind 
a guy like Tom Brady for a few years, you know? Um, I don't know, man. I don't think Mac Jones is the future of the Patriots, and I, I don't know if Belichick's the future of this Patriots. Uh, he's not going to want to go out on bottom, but he might not have a choice here. I think this could be ugly in New England. All right, point number five, we'll call this balancing the scale. I run my numbers, especially for DJ rank and then to bet these games. And I often have to look at outliers, Panther, right? I have to, for example, when a team wins by 50 points, it could skew things significantly. So uh, when that same team then goes in the following week and loses by 28 points, you start to say, okay, well, that does help me balance things out. I don't have to fudge the numbers enough to answer. <laughs> it's like, okay, that's a good balancing act. And that is the story of your Miami Dolphins, who won 70 to 20 last week and lost 48 to 20 to the Bills this week. Josh Allen raised his hand and said, hey, remember me? I'm pretty fucking good. 320 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, Tua had a good but not great day. He threw for 282 yards, one touchdown, one interception. That uh, that was a uh, you know uh, uh, Justin Fields at his best performance right there. I uh, funny enough, it was enough to shift the MVP odds, and I'm going to get to that in a couple minutes. So let's put a pin in there because I am going to talk MVP in 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 point number seven. Spoiler alert there. But about this game, what does it tell us about both these teams, Panther? Well, I think I'm going to start with Miami's defense because it was Miami's defense, Bill's offense, that created the problem for the Dolphins' offense, which is they couldn't be balanced. They got game scripted out of their game. Mostert barely touched the ball. Tua had to throw the ball. Um, the, the Dolphins are a better team when they can pick and choose their plays as they feel because you don't want to become a one-dimensional team. Buffalo can be one-dimensional. Josh Allen has no problem throwing the ball 50, 60 times a game if they need him to. He's pretty much done his entire career because they don't have much semblance of a running game. So that Miami defense gave up way too many points. The offense got game scripted out of it, and that was pretty much the end of it. I don't, I'm not burying the Dolphins here. Um, you know, these, these things happen, but I will look forward to the rematch because I think these two teams – are closer than this one game indicated. That Dolphins defense is going to have to go back to the game film and reevaluate where they went wrong because Josh Allen had a fucking heyday. I tell you, man, uh, you know, the the Bills showed up in a fucking critical game and it just didn't seem like the Dolphins were mentally there. Like, I, I don't think this had anything to do with, like, I agree, talent-wise, I think the Dolphins match up well with the Bills, but just mentally, they just weren't there. Now, now let's let's rewind the Miami start to the season. They won a close one in Week 1 at Los Angeles against the Chargers, uh, which was technically a home game for Miami because there was more Dolphins fans in the stands than Chargers fans. Uh, they won a seven-point game. It was a close one, too. That was a close one, if you remember, at New England. That was a tough one for them. And then they had that blowout loss against Denver. So you can't say that the competition was stellar to start the season for them. They got their first bit of competition and got punched in the face. So I would worry a little bit that maybe they thought talent was going to get them over the hump against a really good team. And it's not. You got to actually play the fucking game and you got to play a fucking good game of football against a good fucking team. Now, they get the Giants next week. They get the Panthers after that. 
after that, they get a, a game against the Eagles at Philadelphia. So that's going to be the measuring stick for Miami, right? That's going to be what we're going to say is, is Miami's probably like, are they a good team or not? Uh, as for the Bills, I mean, you know, the, the Bills are, are starting to click. You know, they lost that weird, fluky fucking Aaron Rodgers three plays and out game against the Jets in week one. But the Bills are starting to click right now. Now, they will inevitably go through their dip, right? But I mean, man, 38 to 10 over the Raiders, 37 to 3 over the Commanders, 48 20 over the Dolphins. Their offense is scary right now. We thought the Miami Dolphins was scary. Buffalo's offense is scary. I can't wait for this rematch. I, I agree. I think it's going to be a lot closer next go around. All right. Um, talked about the Philadelphia Eagles a little bit. Point number six, we'll call this contenders with close calls. The Eagles found themselves in a very familiar situation. It was the Washington Football Commander Club last year that took away their undefeated season, and it almost looked like it was going to be the same team to do it again this year. But the Eagles fought back. They won in overtime after Riverboat Ron became conventional Ron. I don't know if you saw this. Scored the game-winning touchdown literally as time expired, Panther. I mean, they 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 got a playoff with five seconds left on the clock. And it, it failed in the end zone. And they still had two seconds left to go for another play in the end zone. They scored that one. And instead of going for his typical two points to win the game, he's like, I'm going to go for overtime. He kicked the game-tying uh, uh, field goal, uh, you know, extra point, as, as time, you know, to go into overtime. And that's when the Eagles prevailed. They won that game. It was a close one, right? Now, in another close game, it was uh, us sports bettors, me and you specifically, who tore up our betting tickets uh, as Patrick Mahomes slid at the two-yard line instead of scoring a touchdown with two minutes remaining. That TD would have put the Chiefs up 10 points, enough to cover the 8.5-point spread. Alas, Mahomes did the smart thing to end the game so they could run out the clock. Um, it was a penalty on Sauce Gardner that lost a very critical interception on Mahomes late in the game. i got to say this about the Jets, though. I specifically embroiled quarterback Zach Wilson. They showed a lot of fight last night and put it to the Chiefs with... Everyone in attendance, you know, with all the fucking Swifties and the A-listers and Ryan Reynolds and fucking Blake Lively and fucking Sansa from goddamn Game of Thrones. Everyone was there at that game last night, hanging out and watching uh, uh, Kelsey uh, not score a touchdown. But, you know, I have a question for you, though. Which is the scarier situation? Was it that Eagles almost losing to Washington of all teams? Or was it the, on Sunday night, the Chiefs almost losing to the fucking Jets? Well, I think it has to be the Chiefs. I mean, we've seen enough out of Washington and, and even the Giants that we always mention that division games are they're tough, right? Because they, they see each other twice a year. They There's a lot of familiarity. There's a lot of film. These guys know each other. So um, you sit there and look at the score of the Washington Philly game. You're like, you think you're surprised. But when you really think about it, you're like, oh, really not that surprising that the Cobra Commanders are playing the Eagles tough. Kansas City going into New York. Listen, Kansas City's not a great road team. Most of their losses when they do lose are on the road. They're a great home team, but they just seem to, I don't know, take the foot off the gas. But I will say this. You're right. The Jets, you know, they got that week one win with against the Buffalo Bills. 
and they looked like dog shit against the Cowboys, but they played the Chiefs tough and, and maybe had a shot to get this game. I still think Kansas City, almost like the Ravens, we haven't seen the best of the Chiefs yet, and part of that has to do with their wide receiver core. I wouldn't be surprised if at some point they don't find a wide receiver or trade for a wide receiver because uh, nobody really stands out that they got to compliment Travis Kelsey, and that's putting a lot of pressure on Patrick Mahomes, I believe. Got a crazy idea for you, Panther. Talk about uh, wide receiver. Imagine the Chiefs getting Cooper Cup from the Rams. Oh boy. Hear me out. Hear me out with this. Cooper Cup, of course, is slated to come back in a week or two, as long as he's healthy. Um, signed a big contract with the Rams. The Rams, of course, you know, trying to shed contracts, trying to get some picks and stuff like that, trying to build. Puka Nakua had another fucking fantastic game for the Rams. Just he's he's basically taken over Cooper Cup's role on the team. He was sensational once again. It looks like Stafford and him have this connection. Could you imagine uh, like I mean, I don't know what they would give up for him, but I mean, uh, it would it would have to be significant. But putting Cooper Cup on that fucking uh, the Chiefs team, whew, man. Anyway, I like like it a lot. <laughs> let's talk about the MVP race here real quick. I alluded to it before. Josh Allen's performance has him now as the favorite to win MVP at plus three twenty five. Tua has now slipped to a tie for second place with Patrick Mahomes, both of them at plus 500. But I got a question for you. Uh, maybe is it worth us laying a plus $1,800 bet right now, Panther? Because, and this is a big if, because if this man's career has told us anything, this is a big if. But if Christian McCaffrey stays healthy, I think he's worthy of being MVP in this league. The Niners rolled once again. They won 35-16 over the Cardinals. C-Mac ran for 106 yards, had three touchdowns on the ground, and then had another one in the air. On the season, through four games, he's got 459 yards on the ground, six touchdowns, 141 uh, receiving yards with a touchdown there. Niners have a plus 67-point differential. Do you think is it worth a C-Mac bet? Should we take a flyer here? Absolutely, because Josh Allen will regress. He can't maintain this pace for the entire season. He will have bad games. Mahomes will have good games. Jalen Hurts will have good games. Lamar Jackson will have good games. And you've got all these quarterbacks that you can get casting votes. But there's only one Christian McCaffrey, and I think he's the only, right? at least right now through four games, he is the only wide receiver slash running back player to look at, non-quarterback, Absolutely. Plus 1800. Uh, throw a few dollars on that. I totally agree. I think if, if you're a fantasy owner, you're loving what you're seeing from C-Mac right now. But if you're also a fantasy owner, find his backup because whew, the guy cannot stay healthy. All right. Uh, running long in the first half. We're going to take a quick break right now. After that, we do have a Monday Night Football to bet on. Stay tuned. We are back. Possibly never even left you. I know we're running a little bit long, but I got two quick stories from teams that I root for. Get your very quick take on them. Buck Showalter has decided not to come back as the Mets manager next year, and the Celtics traded for Drew Holiday. Uh, what do you think? Which one was more of a surprise to you? The Celtics grabbing Drew Holiday or uh, Buck Showalter saying, peace out, Mets? Um, definitely the surprise for me is the Drew Holiday going to the Celtics. Um, I think it's, it's, a, it's a gutsy move 
by the Celtics. Drew Holiday is a great player and will be great in that starting lineup. But man, if the Celtics, through all these trades and everything they've done, have not completely depleted their second unit, something that I always talk about is the depth, particularly in the NBA. I love that starting five, but I got questions about their depth. And Buck Showalter, I mean, I don't know if he's got an opportunity for greener pastures or he's just ready to go into a booth and and start being a talking head. Um, the Mets showed some life, you know, here at the second half after the trade deadline and, and um, you know, with Quintana and Senga and some of those other pitchers that nobody gave a shit about because they had, you know, Erlander and Scherzer. Um, maybe it's time for a, a fresh manager in there and they, you know, they're going to start over and bring some of this youth up from the minors. I don't know what Showalter has in his own mind, what he's going to do. I don't hate the move for him, bring in a young, fresh manager and see what they can do. But to me, the bigger surprise, the answer to your question was Drew Holiday going to Boston. Listen, I'm a Terry Collins uh, loyalist for the Mets. And, um, uh... I, I I thought that they never should have gotten rid of Terry Collins for the consistency and all that. I thought he was great there. I think Buck Showalter was in a win-now mentality. He did win manager of the year last year. The Mets did win over 100 games. I think he was, I'm going to sign on with the Mets to lead them to a title. After two seasons, it's clear that the Mets are kind of rebuilding for another couple of years at least. And I think Showalter's like, I'm not, that's not what I signed up for. I signed up to win a championship. This is not a championship team. And they won't be a championship team for at least a couple of years. So uh, kudos, Buck Showalter. Thank you for bringing some kind of, you know, a winning mentality to the Mets. I wish you well. As for the Drew Holiday trade, totally agree. I mean, you, you lost fucking Time Lord. He's gone. You lost fucking Brogdon. He's gone. Uh, you gave up two first round picks. I honestly, I, I joked with you. I was like, I think, I think Portland got more for Drew Holiday than they did for Damian Lillard. At this point in time, I mean, the, the, the Portland Trailblazers is looking solid for the future. And by the way, they still got a pretty good lineup. They'll trade Brogdon. They'll, they'll probably try Time Lord because what are you going to do with Time Lord and fucking DeAndre Ayton together? I don't I don't know. Uh, Celtics did get stronger in their first unit. They don't have a second unit, in my opinion, whatsoever. So they got to fucking figure out a way to do that. Ballsy move by the Celtics uh, clearly pushes them now as the favorite in the arms race in the East. Uh, we shall see. All right. Monday Night Football. Explain this one to me, Panther. Seattle on the road here in New Jersey. Back-to-back games in New Jersey, by the way. Seattle minus one and a half against the Giants, plus one and a half. Uh, There is no Saquon Barkley playing tonight for the Giants, so that line has shifted from Giants minus one to them plus the one and a half. So you did see some movement with no Saquon Barkley out there. But explain this line to me and explain why we are running into a trap. Uh, I think it's Saquon Barkley. I think the expectation was Saquon Barkley was going to come back this week. Now it's looking like he's very doubtful. He's probably not going to play tonight. Matt Breida did not do jack shit last week, so I don't think that holds out a lot of hope for that running game. Puts a lot of pressure on Daniel Jones to carry the team. Without Barkley, and to balance that offense, I just don't think Vegas likes um, the Giants' chances here. So I get the line movement. I'm in agreement with the line movement. And and I'm jumping to Seahawks. Yeah. 
Yeah, me too. I'm going to bet the Seahawks here. Uh, I think they are the better team. I think, uh, you know, they, they can go on the road and win in a tough environment. Um, in fact, I, for years, it was Seattle is the dominant home team. They can't lose at home. And now it seems like they are uh, a, a solid road team. So uh, Giants, I just, man, I, I don't know what to think about this Giants team. I had some optimism for them. I, I still like Daniel Jones a lot. I don't think he's... Um, it should be criticized as much as he is at times, um, but he's also not a guy that I don't know that that can go out there and win a game. Like I, 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 I trust Geno Smith a little bit more than Daniel Jones to go out there and win a game. Um, so yeah, I think on the road Seattle gets a big Monday Night Football win. It's tough. It's tough to win with all those eyes on you flying out to the East Coast over here. Um, Monday Night Football, it's going to be a hostile environment. It's going to be a beautiful night, though, at least for them. They're going to get great fucking weather over there. I think Seattle does, gets it done. So, yeah, $25 bet on Seattle. Okay, I had promised in the early part of the show to talk about uh, futures and stuff like that. We had a really long opening, so we'll save the futures for tomorrow's opening instead. We can look at the uh, the future odds for Major League Baseball, National League, American League, and so forth. Uh, but we'll put a pin in it for today's show, Panther. No DJ Parlay today, so you're going to have to take us home. And Parlay, I might see what kind of prop bets we have. I'm always going to be interested in Daniel Jones, rushing yards, um, and maybe what the game total is. But that is today's show. We're hanging out on Facebook. We're on Twitter. But mostly, exclusively, it's right here in the Asylum. Join our Discord channel and shoot the shit with us. Call us out by name. We'll holler right back. But most importantly... Let us know what you did over the weekend, what you're doing tonight. When it's all said and done, kids, it's all make some money, fools. This show is sports entertainment. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional advice. In short, don't be stupid. Gamble responsibly. We will not be held responsible. Peace. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.